0: No one likes to be lied to, but the biggest liar we all tolerate is ourselves. On today's Dreamers and Disciples, I want to talk to you about four lies you might currently believe about yourself, other people, and even believe about God, and then how to actually become someone who becomes more self-aware and welcomes the truth. All of that on today's Dreamers and Disciples. Welcome to the show, I'm Wade Joy and I'm your host. But first, if you're new here, I'd love to give you a free gift. It's a guide called Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul. And you can download it for free at the link in the description and the show notes. And this is just a short PDF to help you process what healthy rhythms you have in your heart and then maybe areas that you're out of alignment and how to move towards health in those areas as well. So once again, get that at the show notes or at the description of this video. Now, I read a verse the other day that I've been thinking about ever since, and it's Psalm 119, verse 29. It says this Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. And so at first, I was thinking, How do I lie to myself? I mean, I I know what's true, I know what's not true about my own life. But as I meditated on this verse, I realized how often I do this, how often I lie to myself in both the big things and the small things. In fact, I even do it with the TV shows I love. Now this is a little bit embarrassing, but let me explain. When I like a show, I get invested. I go all in. So I usually find a character that I'm rooting for, which typically is the hero, with my wife always rooting for the bad guy for some reason, And then I'm constantly disappointed because nothing ever goes right for the good guy on TV, especially in a series finale. They always want to make it heartbreaking and tragic. And so I hated the series finale of Lost, of Chuck, of 24, some of my favorite shows. And so I started a saying that my wife and my friends make fun of me about. It's just four words, I choose to believe. So when a show doesn't end the way I want it to end, Uh, I'll just say I choose to believe and come up with an ending that meets all of my preferences. Uh, It meets all of the little fanfics I had going in my head. So everything works out exactly the way I wanted it to work out. So I choose to believe that Chuck definitely regained his memories after he kissed Sarah at the end. I choose to believe that the last season of Lost never happened. Uh, I choose to believe that Jack Bauer escaped from a Russian prison and reunited with Chloe. Now, It seems a little silly, but if I don't like to be confronted with the reality of the truth in the shows that I love, how much more is my tendency to block out the truth about myself that I don't like or about the conflict in my relationships and what I've done to contribute to it? Sometimes I even lie to myself because the truth seems too good to be true. So in light of all this, let me read the verse in Psalm 119 again. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. So the only way to keep yourself from lying to yourself is to replace that deceptive narrative with a better one, with the truth. And that truth comes from the word of God. The psalmist says to keep me from lying to myself by knowing your instructions, because we need a different perspective than our own. We need a higher perspective, a better one. See, Jeremiah 17, nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So according to the Bible, our heart is hard to understand, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to understand it. We just have to hold it up to the right thing, which is the truth. And The only way we can do that is to shine the light of God's word on our hearts, to open our hearts to other people so they can speak into our lives. So, to help you, I want to share four ways we lie to ourselves about ourselves, others, and about God. And then I want to give you four questions that you can ask others or ask God to help you uncover the truth. But there's one ground rule. When you ask these questions, you have to commit to not being defensive. You have to commit to listen with humility and openness because you want to be someone who welcomes the truth. Plus, not everything someone says means they're right either, but you can at least pray through what they say after truly listening and then ask God what he wants you to learn from it. Ask him what lines up with his word, with his ways, with what you know about his character. So here's the first way that we deceive ourselves. Number one, how we're perceived by others. See, I thought I was a relational leader and always accessible when I was the worship pastor at Elevation Church. And I would tell our team, my door is always open. If you ever have an issue, come talk to me. But then I would hear about someone on the team who had an issue and they never came and talked to me. And I started to wonder why. Did they not trust me? Did they not like me? Was I not a good leader? And then I asked a question in an end-of-the-year eval And I found out that people knew they could trust me when we spoke, but they didn't think I had time to listen. They said things like, you're always on your phone and you seem like you're always in a hurry that we just, we don't want to bother you. So here I was thinking that I'm giving off this relational presence, when in reality, I'm showing that I have no margin and no ability to actually be relational. And I would have never known that if I didn't ask the question. Here's the question that led to that realization. What does it feel like to be on the other side of me? What does it feel like to be on the other side of me? That's not just a question for a coworker though. That can be a question for your marriage, for your friendships, a question to ask your children. So what energy are you giving off that you don't realize you do? What habits do you have that aren't noticeable to you, but they're extremely noticeable to everyone else? How does something that seems innocent to you communicate a lack of value to the person you're interacting with? So what does it feel like to be on the other side of me? All right, the second way we deceive ourselves is in what we believe someone else is thinking. Have you ever put a thought bubble over someone else's head? You know, there's thought bubbles in comics that show what someone is thinking. Well, I have found that I am really good about filling those in for someone else. So when someone's avoiding me and they seem a little distant, I fill in the thought bubble with all of the things that they're mad at me about, all the ways that I failed them as a friend, all the things that I've done wrong. But in reality, they might just be walking through a stressful situation in their job or at home, and it has nothing to do with me. And even if it does have something to do with me, I can't get anywhere towards healing or reconciliation just by assumption, just by assuming. It takes engaging with that person. So here's a helpful question to ask in this situation. This is the story I'm telling myself. Is that the real story? This is the story I'm telling myself. Is that the real story? So number one, you're coming into it with humility of saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking is happening, but I could be wrong and you're taking it out of an accusation of, why are you acting this way? It postures you in a place of understanding and empathy because you show that you care about what may be going on with them more than your own ego and being hurt. All right, here's the third way we deceive ourselves. With the sin that we've accepted that grieves the Holy Spirit. Now, we love to justify our idols and our sin. Because there's some sin that we know is wrong, and we deal with it, and it's public. Yet we often have sins that we tend to give ourselves a pass on. So we love to point out the sexual sin in someone else's life, but we give a pass on our own gossip. We love to point out someone else's anger issue, but refuse to deal with our own insecurity and worry, which really stem from a lack of trust in God. Or we focus on someone else's pride, but neglect dealing Uh, with the lack of generosity and the out-of-control spending in our own life. Now, this is where it's really helpful to be in a godly church community with people you trust because they can help you see your blind spots. We all have them. But once again, it takes humility to get to the answer that you don't usually want to hear. I don't want to hear about where I'm getting it wrong, but I need to. So here's the question you can ask. What blind spot do I not realize I have? What blind spot do I not realize I have? Now, let me just remind you one more time don't get defensive. It's going to be your natural reaction, but you need to be open to this. So ask for examples and where it tends to show up. And then ask the Lord to give you an open heart to what his spirit is telling you in alignment with what his word says. It's a hard question, but it's an important one. And then finally, The fourth way we deceive ourselves is in what we refuse to receive from God. Now be honest. Do you believe any of the following lies? You tell yourself the lie that God can forgive everyone else except for you. The lie that God has forgotten you and doesn't care about the details of your life. Are you believing the lie that God's ways and his word can't be trusted? Have you convinced yourself that nothing you do matters or will ever make a difference? Uh, Are you struggling with the lie that you're too far gone to ever really change or that your prayers are in vain? Maybe you think that God hears everyone else but you. Now, if that's you, if you're believing any of those lies, I want you to know that all of them have a root uh, back in the lie that was first told by the serpent in Eden. And that lie was this, that God can't be trusted and that, my friend, is a lie from the evil one. Do not believe it. Do not believe the lie that God is distant. Do not believe that he doesn't care or that he has forgotten about you. Don't believe that your days are wasted without a purpose because you are loved and seen by your heavenly Father. You are offered total and unmerited forgiveness by your Savior Your ordinary and seemingly overlooked moments are infused with power through the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead for all who trust in him. He's ready for you to receive his love and his grace and his power. So here's the final question I want you to pray through. And this one is between you and God. Where am I afraid to trust God? Where am I afraid to trust God? Where am I afraid that my prayer won't be heard? Where am I afraid that I'll be disappointed once again? Uh, Where are you afraid right now that God won't forgive you? See, we have to stop believing a lesser narrative. Stop letting the world and your own pain and insecurity write the wrong narrative for your life because you are invited into a love and a purpose bigger than anything you could ever dream of. To know God, to be in relationship with him, to walk with him. See, the creator of the universe loves and delights in you, and there is nothing more amazing or utterly life-changing than that. And he invites you to abide in him. I love John eight thirty one through 32. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take my silly refrain about the TV shows where I wanted a better ending, and I want you to choose to believe and to cling to what God really says about you. So remember, four words I choose to believe. They can be four powerful words when what follows them is the truth of God's word. So, whatever you're afraid to bring to God, wherever you're afraid to trust, I want you to choose to believe the truth. So, once again, do what Psalm 119, verse 29 says. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. So, when you realize that you're believing your fear, then say what Psalm 27, verse 1 uh, says and say, I choose to believe that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When you're believing the lie that your past mistakes define you and that you're not forgiven, Go to 2 Corinthians 5.17 and say, I choose to believe that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. If you're believing the lie that God has forgotten about you and isn't hearing your prayers, say, I choose to believe what God says in Psalm 32.8, that I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Stop believing the lies you tell yourself and start choosing to believe the truth. So let me give you those four questions one last time. And I'd love to know which question is resonating with you. So what does it feel like to be on the other side of me? This is the story I'm telling myself. Is that the real story? What blind spot do I not realize I have? And where am I afraid to trust God? So I'd love it if you left a comment, if you're watching on YouTube, or maybe even in a review or on Instagram, let me know which of those four questions you're going to commit to asking this week. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I also want to thank everyone who subscribes and shares these episodes. It really helps get the hope of the gospel and the truth of God's love and grace out to more people. So thank you for that. And once again, leave a comment, and then I will see you back here next week for Dreamers and Disciples.